Welcome to Destination Marriage, a podcast about successfully navigating the winding roads of marriage. Whether you're newlyweds, engaged, looking to get married, or have been married for years, we want to share with you how we have navigated those winding roads over the past 19 years in our marriage. Join us on this journey as we talk about real life experiences in a marriage and what we have learned along the way. We discuss love, travel, fitness, raising kids, friendships, and much more, all from the perspective of our lives together. Happiness, love, grace, passion are some of the things we all strive for in a marriage, and we invite you to take this journey with us. Welcome Welcome to to Destination Destination Marriage. Welcome to episode 28 of Destination Marriage. I'm Jackie, your host, and today Tommy's taking the day off, but I am thrilled to have you join us on this journey today. Um, I have a wonderful guest and a dear friend. Chelsea Creswell is joining me today. Um, We're going to discuss all things wellness and really focus on hormonal therapy. Um, So Chelsea, just to kind of give you some insight into who she is and the value she brings to the table, she has been involved in the wellness and fitness lifestyle for over 20 years. She grew up in Southern California and holds a bachelor's degree in nutrition and dietetics. Uh, She is also a registered nurse, and prior to becoming a nurse, she was a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the National Strength and Conditioning Association and a licensed massage therapist. Therapist. She's a Jackie of all trades. <laughs> you like that? At the end of 2015, she decided to fulfill a long, lifelong dream and compete on the bodybuilding stage. She competed three times in 2016 and had the opportunity to win her first professional status as a natural WNBF figure competitor. Chelsea chose KKW to coach her to to this win. Uh, Chelsea combines education and nutrition with her clinical experience to educate her clients on how food truly affects the body. She passionately believes that food is medicine and when used properly is the strongest catalyst for good health on this earth. Welcome to the podcast, Chelsea Creswell. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I was so excited when you approached me about bringing the topic of wellness and fitness and and just health in general into marriage yeah. and what what role does it really play because I think it's a lot bigger than most people think. Mhm. Absolutely. I think um well, I know we had talked about it. Well, we've been talking about it for a while that we really wanted to sit down and have this conversation because we both have experienced this. And a hundred percent, I mean, this is something that affects your home life and your marriage. And I think a lot of people are maybe unaware sure. of, you know, yes. the, the effect that it actually has. So I'm really excited to have this conversation and kind of bring these pearls of wisdom to our listeners. Um, now just to kind of provide our listeners with some additional insight as far as, um, you know, just who you are, I'm curious to know if you wouldn't mind sharing, um, what really ignited your passion to become a wellness coach? Um, you know, I actually, I remember the exact day Mm -hmm. and I was standing, um, I was working in an ICU. I'm a critical care nurse. That's what I do. You know, as a nurse, I've been in critical care for 10 years. So I do emergency and, and, um, and intensive care. So I was in an ICU one day and it was not a large ICU. It was about nine beds. And I was the charge nurse that day. Yeah. And so one of the things that we do as a charge nurse is, you know, sometimes we'll kind of go room by room, like who is there for what reason? Um, and just sort of have a running knowledge of what's going on mm-hmm. on the unit. It's really, it's an important thing. So I was, you know, standing in the middle of the unit going room by room and it like hit me like a mm-hmm. ton of bricks that every single person in that ICU yeah. was there related to obesity. 
Wow. Like, obesity was not their admitting diagnosis. You know, mm-hmm. their admitting diagnosis may be heart failure. Their admitting diagnosis may be, you know, a vascular issue that they're losing a limb for. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it can be all kinds of different things, but all of the patients in my entire unit were there due to very poor life choices. Yeah. Little small things that really add up year after year. Mm-hmm. And I just was in that moment, I was like, I I'm going to do something in prevention. Mm-hmm. Like I want to help people never get to this point. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, I could see how that would be probably a, a red flag or a wake up call. You know, you realize, wow, there's a need here. Yeah. There, and, and, you know, as a nurse, we love to fix and educate. And as much as, you know, there's a very important role played mm-hmm. in critical care. I think the more critical or critical or crucial role yeah. is really getting people to not need that care due to just simple lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. So who would you say, I mean, obviously, and you had mentioned that most of those patients were um, suffering from obesity and maybe some other things as a result of obesity, but who would you say is probably your, your, your core clientele? You know, what, what does that demographic look like? Yeah. You know, most of the people that we serve, I work for a company called KK Wellness Mm -hmm. and most of the people that we serve, our demographic is mostly women, but certainly our male clientele is climbing and we love that. Mm -hmm. Most of our women are somewhere between the age of probably 35 and 60, but I've worked with people, you know, in their early twenties, I've worked with a couple in their seventies. What we offer is really for anyone who is in a readiness phase of I want to learn to change my life through food. Yeah. I want to learn good nutrition. I want to learn to fuel myself. I want to learn to use food as medicine. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to, you know, really take that instruction because it's if the clients are not willing, it's just, you know, it just doesn't work. So mm-hmm. really anyone that, you know, is tired of just being offered another pill and is ready Mm -hmm. to really make a change in their lifestyle. Yeah. Now, do you find that not only are those clients they're when they're coming to you and they start seeing those results, they're not only feeling the physical changes, but maybe there's some, um, changes they're feeling emotionally. Oh yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing with food and, you know, I guess you could call them food type products that are on the market. Cause if you really look at, you know, what is on the market in our regular mm-hmm. grocery stores, you really should only be eating about 20% of it. You know, the age old rule of shopping the perimeter of the grocery store and yeah. then maybe picking up a few things in the middle mm-hmm. still really holds true. So yes, they feel so much better because they're, you know, most of most women that come to me are really just thinking about calories and, and weight loss. That's their initial goal. Mm-hmm. But as the coach, as someone that, you know, is a nutrition nutritionist is helping mm-hmm. them with that. I'm thinking I'm looking at everything. For example, they may think that chicken, sweet potatoes and broccoli is mm-hmm. a great choice. And it is. Mm-hmm. But what I'm looking at is, is that the only thing that they're choosing every lunch and dinner? Because that sounds boring. <laughs> not only boring, but you know, I want them to eat a wide variety of food because that's how we cover our nutrient profile. And yeah. that's what makes us feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. So it really all starts in the gut and, and putting in the, you know, the nutrition that we need. And then, yeah, you're going to start mm-hmm. to lose weight, which is going to make you feel great, but you're not going to have the foggy headedness. You're not going to be totally exhausted. You're not going right. to be reaching for the coffee pot, you mm-hmm. know, four times a day. 
So yeah, it's, it's, um, Oh, that afternoon malaise. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's a real thing. It is. And you know, there's more than one reason for it, which is why when you, when we're talking about hormones today, which Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to do, we really, with all of my, with all of my women and men that I have referred out for hormonal testing, Mm -hmm. we've addressed their nutrition first because they go hand in hand. Mm Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. So, um, before we kind of jump into the hormone replacement, I definitely want to give our listeners kind of just a little backstory. Um, Chelsea and I, like I mentioned, we're friends. Um, we've been friends for years. I'm so blessed to have her in my life. Um, but we actually had sometimes, well, pre COVID, we were having coffee dates (laughs) (laughs) like once a month because we're both busy. We're both working moms. We both run a business. And so we would just carve out a morning once a month to meet for coffee with hotter husbands and just have girl time. And so one morning we were having a chat and, you know, just like girls do, um, just kind of talking about things that we're experiencing. And at the time we were both feeling like some physical changes Mm -hmm. and, um, just to be completely honest and candid, um, you know, we were both experiencing things like loss of libido or, you know, the menstrual cycle was changing. We were also feeling really, I was feeling really foggy. Me Um, too. Very foggy. I was forgetting things. And Mm -hmm. I'm normally not like that. I just, I felt like even in the beginning of my day, two cups of coffee in and I still felt out of it. Yes, absolutely. Um, And my sleep was terrible. And I know I was telling Chelsea, like, I can't sleep or I would sleep. And then I'd wake up for like three hours staring at the ceiling. Um, Horrible. Yeah. And then you wake up feeling even more off. So it was just a number of things that I felt like, okay, what is going on? And Chelsea, you know, brought to my attention that it may be that, you know, my hormones are off. And so, um, I really wanted to have this conversation because she's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to hormone replacement therapy. She's done a ton of research. Um, and she also, um, can speak to this and her personal journey with it. So if you can maybe tell us a little bit about what you were experiencing and kind of what maybe, uh, maybe triggered you to get that tested and look into some options. Yeah, sure. So, you know, um, I've actually been on some form of hormone replacement since I was about 30 years old, which is Mm -hmm. so young. Uh, And I initially found hormone replacement as a um, cure for my migraine headaches. I was someone that was getting a lot of migraines. I mean, 12 to 16 migraine days a month. It was absolutely debilitating and had been to so many neurologists, um, had done a lot of my own research, which was quite a while ago. So there wasn't Mm -hmm. as much out there, Mm -hmm. but through my own research and kind of when my headaches were happening, which was the week before my menstrual cycle was absolutely horrific, realized that, or had, had the idea that I really thought my progesterone levels were low, Mm -hmm. um, had a very difficult time finding someone to treat me because I was so young, um, had my progesterone tested and it was very low and they still wouldn't treat me, Wow, which was crazy. But, uh, I, I was able to find someone who's wonderful. Um, and I have been on HCG injections timed a certain time with my cycle. Those Mm. injections help my ovaries make more of their own estrogen and progesterone. And I lived a very happy life for about Mm -hmm. 10 years, I would say 10 to 12 years of that. And then, you know, we hit the age that we are, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm 43. And, you know, last year I started to realize that things were shifting again. Mm -hmm. I was getting some headaches, although they were during my menstrual cycle this time. Okay. But I was also having a lot of the symptoms that you just described. I was 
tired and moody and my anxiety was through the roof Mm -hmm. and I wasn't sleeping as well. I had zero libido. And you guys, I have a wonderful marriage. This had nothing to do with my relationship. It has nothing to do with your spouse. My husband and I have been married for 15 years and he is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And that just wasn't an issue. It was, wasn't something that I had had a problem with before. Mm -hmm. Um, very foggy headed, could not think of words, like literally asked the therapist that I was seeing at the time because Mm -hmm. I felt so bad if I should see a neurologist because I thought I was getting early onset Alzheimer's. Like Mm -hmm. I was absolutely getting fearful that like I was losing it. I was used to being this very quick, you know, very intelligent ICU nurse, you know, like, yeah, you're always on top of of things. And I, (laughs) I literally felt like I couldn't handle my life. Mm -hmm. Um, no like zest for life, no Mm self-motivation, which has never been a problem for me. It never has. No. So it was kind of like, what's going on? And I started this search and, um, and you know, was trying to find doctors that Mm -hmm. would sort of look at the whole picture. I saw a functional medicine doctor, which I think is the greatest thing ever. If you, really want a physician to treat your whole body, find a functional medicine doctor in your area. Mm-hmm. Um, because they are wonderful at really assessing me. That doctor was with me for an hour and a half. It was, it was a great experience. And at the end of that, she looked at me and she said, Chelsea, yeah, you already know this is hormones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, I had an idea, <laughs> but you know, I had the other, the other doctor that was treating my hormones and we were in the middle of getting my new levels. So, mm-hmm. um, luckily help was on the way, but yeah, you know, it was, when I had my levels tested, my estrogen was low. So we added mm-hmm. in some estrogen okay. um, on top of my injections and my testosterone was literally, they couldn't record it. It was so wow. low, which was crazy. You know, the, I always thought mm-hmm. it was so ironic that the bodybuilder had no testosterone. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was and you still had amazing yeah. results too. So that's yeah. I mean, but I think that I probably still, my testosterone levels were probably really good back then. I, I mm-hmm. felt great in 2016. It was really yeah. just last year that everything kind of came to a full stop. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just broke. I felt mm-hmm. so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, uh, it's been a just wonderful blessing mm-hmm. on everything in my life. I would say four weeks after the testosterone therapy started, I remember I was, I can remember I was driving in the car mm-hmm. with my husband and, um, we were, I don't know where we were going Lowe's who knows, but, um, <laughs> I remember looking over at him and just saying, I feel so good. Mm-hmm. Like so good. It was like, my sister was asking me to explain what the, like what the result felt like. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the same for you, but I yeah. felt like I had swallowed well-being. Yeah. Like it was just like, that amazing. Of <laughs> I want that. Right. And don't we all want that? And you know, I always feel like it's a God moment when God puts challenges in your life. He mm-hmm. does it to allow you to help other people with those same challenges. Right. And one of the things that's been amazing about me having all this hormone difficulty for, you know, roughly 13 years now is I've gotten really good at recognizing it Mm -hmm. in other women. And so I've been able to take so many of my clients who were fixing their nutrition, were getting good nutrition and we're helping them get to a healthy weight. We're Mm -hmm. instilling all the lifestyle changes, but I'm able to see the ones that that's just not quite enough. Yeah. And they just, they really need to have their hormones optimized. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing I, I don't know if I had told you this, but when I started to feel that way, um, I know I had brought it up to my GYN. Mm-hmm. And obviously you're a nurse, so you know you probably were more in tune to wait a second, this is my hormones. But for somebody who's not a medical professional and sure. you know I don't have that education, bringing it up to my GYN, 
they immediately suggested I go back on birth control, which Ugh. is not a need of ours because, yes. you know, we've done other things to prevent, <laughs> prevent that. Right. <laughs> that. But I didn't want to do that. Um, you know, my dad passed away at a very young, young age from mm-hmm. a stroke. So I feel like I'm high risk to take anything along those lines. But I also felt like that can't be the answer. Right. Um, so... You know, I, I didn't take their advice, and I'm glad I didn't. But why are they quick to push birth control? Well, you know, I my honest opinion is not on the part of a doctor, but I think my honest opinion is money. Mm-hmm. And what's unfortunate about right now is I think the education for most physicians um, is funded by big pharma, mm-hmm. right? And so you practice what you know. I, I don't even really fault them. I had the mm-hmm. same issue with my regular OBGYN. He's an older gentleman who I love dearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, t- the first time I told him, I just have like no libido. And this was probably two years ago. I was 41. Yeah. And he was like, well, you're over 40. Mm-hmm. It was like, you've already had kids. You're over 40. Well, like that's normal. Like just, you, you don't need it anymore. You don't right, need a libido. Right. <laughs> right. Like the, so that, that intimate relationship with my husband, like that should just go away yeah. over 40 or post children. No, like we're still young. Heck no, right. we're still <laughs> kicking it over here. Yes. And, <laughs> and you know, the thing is sex is certainly about procreation, but in a marriage, it's about so much more than right. that. Right. I mean, you need that connection. Absolutely. Yeah. You need that intimacy and that mm-hmm. connection. And I think, you know, especially for men, it's where they really feel loved mm-hmm. and for women as well. But mm-hmm. you know, it was, it hadn't changed on my husband's end. I was the one that had changed yeah. and I kind of felt like he was sort of having to suffer as mm-hmm. well because of, you know, kind of what was happening. So, you know, the birth control pill, unfortunately it's the bandaid for everything, yeah. right? Irregular cycles, birth control pill, heavy mm-hmm. bleeding, birth control pill. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what bad PMS, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, for you clearly yeah. you know low libido and all these other symptoms yeah birth control and the pill. menstrual cycle was was all over the place and i think that maybe that was the, the yeah they were thinking why. it was going to regulate maybe they thought that and um and then also i felt like i was having maybe some hair some changes with hair mm-hmm. um and also you know i i work out probably not as much as you do but i am a regular mm-hmm. at the gym and i eat pretty clean and i plateaued and then last year i started feeling like i was putting i did put on some weight i did too which doesn't happen i haven't right. changed my weight in 15 years yeah. i haven't fluctuated no, and all of a sudden i've known you a long time yeah my weight went up by like 10 or 12 pounds and it happened within like a month See, and then and it wouldn't go away it was the weirdest thing yes and i think you know for me here i am i'm a weight loss coach mm-hmm. right i had gained 12 pounds i thought it was nine but when i went to the doctor you know at the end finally realized it was 12 i think i just stopped getting on the scale but what was really frustrating for me was uh, i'm a weight loss coach and a bodybuilder it's literally my job yeah to lose weight and i know how to do it mm-hmm. and nothing was working. I was having to get my calories so low, which is not normal for me. And it just wasn't budging. And it was amazing post the, um, you know, hormone replacement when we really found my sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Um, six of those 12 pounds literally fell off. I didn't even try. They Mm -hmm. just like poof, they were gone. So, you know, it was, um, that's a really frustrating thing. And I think for women, especially when we're talking about weight, Oh my gosh. It's like, bring on the guilt, the shame, the, all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And women are notoriously, um, what, what we do so often when there's something wrong, when we don't feel good, when we're gaining weight, when we have no libido, when we go inside our heads and say, what Mm -hmm. am I doing wrong? Yeah. Cause I did that. Like, okay, I'm just going to eat cleaner. I'm just going to not have the treat meals that I normally have. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I'm not going to drink any alcohol. Maybe I'm just, you know, it's, it's the wine. Like mm-hmm. you start putting these things in your head and certainly all of those things are important. Right. But just like you, all of those things had been in place for me for so long mm-hmm. that that had never been an issue. And all of a sudden, like I'm up 12 pounds and I can't lose it. Like mm-hmm. what the heck right. is going on? Yeah. Cause then you're getting even more frustrated. And if you are suffering from depression because of, of the sure. hormones, that's probably going to put you in a deeper depression. Absolutely. And I know I felt frustrated because at the same time, my diet hadn't changed. Nope. And I started feeling even more anxious about it. I mean, it just snowballs. It does. It really, it all kind of wraps up into this big chaotic, mm-hmm. you know, cloud of when it comes down to it, I just don't feel good. Yeah. And, and it's so hard, you know, to pinpoint those, those particular symptoms that you have sometimes because it's like all these vague things you know mm. it's things you can't measure you're tired right. your libido's low your brain fog you're, you know and it's it's nothing that you can just go oh well you know it was a 70 and now it's a five mm-hmm. like there's so it's it is really important that's probably going to be my biggest my biggest lesson to women today and the thing I really want them to hear right. is if you don't feel good mm-hmm. it's not in your head yeah yeah I agree. Well, you know, I know we talked about libido a little bit. And I kind of want to touch on that a little bit more, if you don't mind. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's the most important, probably one when it comes to marriage. Um, yeah. You know, I, I have to say, and on a scale from one to 10, let's say, you know, 10 being everything is right where it needs to be. Sure. Um, I feel like I was always at a consistent 10 and then all of a sudden, almost like it dropped off a cliff and mm-hmm. not necessarily went to like a one, but you know, I probably was at like a four, you know, and, and those were certain days where I felt, Oh, I kind of feel normal today. Or I kind of feel like I did before, but then it would just go away again. And it's like, mm. had nothing again, nothing to do with my husband. Sure. Um, and again, these are things that can also affect men, but just from, from, you know, speaking from our perspective as women, um, it just felt off. It felt like I, I don't know. Like I just, it's not that I didn't want it. I didn't know what I wanted. I was just kind of there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just kind of felt like I was existing. Um, and then with all the other things I was feeling at the same time, it also was very confusing to me because I wasn't quite sure where did it go? What did I do? What am I not doing? Is there something else that's throwing sure. me off? Um, and then you also start to think, and we're still very young. Um, you know, and I, you said you started down this path at 30 that, oh my gosh, is this menopause? And, you know, people don't realize this can really affect, this can start as early as in your twenties. You know, even though we're in our forties, I don't want women to think just because they're not in their forties, this can't affect them. Like you said, it could be 30. It can actually, you know, I had looked it up. It can actually start in your twenties. Sure. So for me, it was, um, I would say last year is when it really started. I was 40, 40 years old. Um, I turned 41 this year. Um, and then the weight gain probably made me also feel a little more kind of off and, yeah. and probably killed my little beetle even more. Cause you feel, then you feel kind of crappy. Sure. About like you don't want to like, like present a body that you're not comfortable yeah, you're with. Like, yeah. To your husband. The, you know, it's probably a bad word. You don't present your body to your husband. <laughs> Sorry. Ladies. Are you ready for the presentation? You know, you know what I mean? Like you're not as comfortable without clothes on. <laughs> I know that was such a, that was a bad choice. Of words. <laughs> Sorry ladies. Don't let the feminists come down on me. That's not what I meant. Not at all. He presents to you as well. Okay. Yes. <laughs> present yourselves sure. to one another. There you Sure. Yeah. And it's, I think for me, the libido drop off was more gradual through my thirties, but then it was like, 
then it just tanked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my husband and I are really open and we have a good communicative relationship. And I mean, I would just, I would literally tell him like, I just don't like, I don't, I want to want it. Right. I guess that's really what it comes down to. Like, I want to want to have sex. I Mm -hmm. love that feeling. And it just wasn't there. And he was going, well, you know, I kind of just thought it was me, which is, Mm -hmm. that's awful. That's not what it was at all. So it is really important if you're feeling these things, you know, especially, you know, it's usually a woman, I think that has the libido issues more often. You have to talk to your spouse, Mm -hmm. you know, don't do it in the middle of sex or right when you're turning him down for Mm -hmm. sex, but you know, maybe have a really good conversation about kind of what's going on with you because that's really important. Mm -hmm. Right. I agree. So how long would you say from when you started the hormonal, uh, the HRT, Mm -hmm. when did you actually start feeling like your libido was getting back on track? So, you know, I started to, they started to tweak things with me. I didn't do everything at once. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, okay, here, cause I had something tweaked with my thyroid as well, but they didn't add like my thyroid medicine, my estrogen, my testosterone all at one time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that some doctors don't do that. It's just not how it went with me. Yeah. Um, and for me, the libido, you know, curing, part of it was definitely the testosterone. Mm-hmm. I use pellet therapy. There's many different ways mm-hmm. to deliver testosterone. You can do pellets, you can do creams, you can do oral, you can do injections. Mm-hmm. I happen to use pellets. It, and she told me it would take, you know, about four to six weeks for me to really feel a difference. And, and that was definitely it. But the thing with hormone therapy, that's really important to remember. And it goes against the grain of what we're used to in mm-hmm you know, American medicine is you're not going to walk into a doctor, Mm -hmm. get your levels tested, get a prescription and be fixed. There's, there's no like pre-packaged. If your levels are this, then you need that. Mm -hmm. Most doctors are going to start low and slow, which is what they should do and increase you until you feel better. Mm -hmm. You know, they're trying to optimize you. There isn't like a specific target number that you should be. Yeah. Um, which is what happens so often to women. They go to the doctor to get their hormones tested. And Mm -hmm. what does the doctor say? You're, mm-hmm. you're within normal range. Yeah. Right. So even if, even if the range is 20 to 250, mm-hmm. if you're 20, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe your body doesn't want to be 20. Maybe your body likes to be 70. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it is definitely, it takes time. So I, I would, I tell all of my, you know, my girls give it six months, mm-hmm. like of letting, you know, reporting back to your physician, letting them tinker, tinker with, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever they're doing and, and getting you really to your good stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the testosterone, like within four weeks, it was like, hello. Right. I felt like, (laughs) I almost felt like that somebody gave me that extra shot of espresso. Yeah. You know, I feel like, oh, I can see again. Like my eyes felt more awake. My body felt more awake. Sure. And yeah, the libido came back. Like we're rocking. Yeah, I probably passed that ten. I know ten. I said I did it was too. the max, but I'm like, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I was rolling TMI, at a good fifteen sorry guys, for but a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. And my, Tommy was not complaining. No, my husband either. In a way, he was but very happy. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I actually don't do the pellet. Um, so I'm, I'm actually on a, a topical cream is cream. what I use mm-hmm. for the for the tea. Um, so. What are the benefits of the pellet? Is there a difference there with, with Sure. With the so, you know, um, pellet therapy, believe it or not, has been around for a really long time. Like, I want to say the early 1900s, if mm-hmm. I read correctly, mm-hmm. uh, it went away 
when the birth control pill came out. So okay. it's, you know, it's kind of interesting that it really, if you look at the history of what's happened with hormones over the last hundred years, yeah. the introduction of the birth control pill, we need to do a whole episode on that because mm-hmm. I could really, I, mean, I really feel like we many should. of the issues that women are having now mm-hmm. hormonally, younger women in their, you know, twenties, mm-hmm. thirties, early forties are because we were placed on, on the birth control pill as very young girls, mm-hmm. right? Like not even fully developed yeah. brain yet. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I just forgot your question that you asked me. Uh, oh, the pellet. So the pellet, yeah, because right. I'm on the cream. So I'm curious to know sure. versus the topical, what is the difference? Is there Are there other benefits of the pellet? Do you feel like it's stronger? Like, Well, you know, I, I have not personally been on the cream. I've only mm-hmm. done the pellets, but okay. I have upsides and downsides to them. So I will share that for sure. Mm-hmm. So pellet therapy is when they um, they take a, it's a, literally a pellet. It looks like maybe a little bit bigger than a grain of rice. Mm-hmm. Um, they make a small incision. It's usually somewhere around your hip or, you know, buttock region where you have mm-hmm. plenty of fat there. Yeah. Very tiny incision. They insert that pellet. They close it. Um, you don't even need a stitch. It's such a small incision. It's oh, okay. a little bit, you know, uncomfortable. Like I would say it's uncomfortable for maybe two or three days and then mm-hmm. you don't even know it's there. Uh, now if with sometimes with men, they'll use multiple pellets and I've heard mm-hmm. some of them say, I kind of feel like I'm sitting on rice. Mm-hmm. Right. But with women, it's usually just one pellet. Okay. Um, so the benefits of the pellet, pellet therapy is that, you know, it takes about six weeks to kind of hit your height of absorption and where your level is going to stay. But mm-hmm. then you're very, it's very consistent. There's no like swings with it. It stays really consistent. When it, when you start to fall back down is when you're going to go back to your physician. Cause you'll yeah. know, she told me you will know when it starts to wear off and mm-hmm. she was not lying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is when they sort of base it on when are you going to get your next one? Right. Which mm-hmm. leads me into honestly, for me, the only downside of pellets for me that I've had. So pellet therapy wears off based on your cardiac output, right? Okay. So people that exercise more or are, you know, athletes or just have a higher metabolism, mm-hmm. certainly like me and probably like you, mm-hmm. um, we burn them off faster. So, you know, I went the first time, I think I went 16 weeks and went way too long. Like I felt like poo by mm-hmm. the time I went and got another pellet. Yeah. So then we did 12 weeks, which is what they say is the minimum. They say three mm-hmm. to five months, they should last you. But it's just not quite like I'm finding it's lasting about eight and I'm starting mm-hmm. to already feel a decline. So uh, I actually have an appointment with my physician today to oh, discuss nice. that with her <laughs> um, to see, you know, is it, it we increased my dose last time, hoping that might help. I'm mm-hmm. on DIM, which is a supplement um, to help your testosterone not convert to estrogen. So, okay. you know, we're trying some other things, but uh, there's some women that have pellets and they, you know, go every three months, every four months, every five yeah. months, and they don't have that sort of early fall off. So you know, I, from what I've read, the, uh, injections are actually mm-hmm. the ones that give you sort of a more, um, you don't have the drops because you're usually injecting yourself once mm-hmm. a week. But the downside to that is many people aren't comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, injecting themselves. It doesn't bother me, but I do remember when I was first doing injections of HCD, I couldn't do my own. Like, yeah, it just, I couldn't do that. Right. But yeah. you couldn't, but I would say you would get used to it and mm-hmm. you know how bad you felt off hormones. So yeah. I really believe that anyone can figure it out. And guess what? I promise you ladies mm-hmm. or, or husbands, if you're not feeling good, your spouse for the benefit will do those injections for you. <laughs> my husband would be happy to take a needle, you know, to my, my backside mm-hmm. and, and get the wife back that he knows and loves. <laughs> you know, so Tommy takes the injections Okay. and one day he's like, Hey, do you want to try it? Do you want to, you know, do you want to actually stick it in my rear? Oh, the needle, the needle. Oh, let's be clear about that. Um, and I actually, I was like, yeah, let me try it. I couldn't do it. 
Oh yeah. I was like, I can't, I went to, and you know, I've given Dylan his shots for uh-huh. his Dupixent and, but that's in his arm and this, and it's a much smaller needle. I feel like this one seemed a little aggressive, but you're a nurse. I'm sure you've done this a million sure. times. So I don't, you know, I don't know is, are the injections for Tommy, are they intramuscular? Is it a long needle or are they sub Q, which is just into the fat tissue? It's a pretty long needle. Yeah. So yeah. I had to do progesterone therapy, actual progesterone injections when I was pregnant with my second. Okay. And, um, my husband had to give them to me because they were in my backside. It was a very strange angle. And the mm. medium for the injections was sesame oil. So they were really, really thick. So it oh, took wow. forever. It took forever hot mic. to, hot <laughs> mic. took forever to, um, you know, get the actual medicine in my backside. And yeah. Brandon, like you, is very squeamish when it comes to that stuff. I didn't know that. That's fine. Oh, he's so squeamish. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. We all rise to the occasion and yeah. If Tommy really needed you to do it, if it was I would, like, I'd close sure, my eyes, you would have <laughs> figured it out. So I don't want people to shy away from injections because they think they can't do it or it's, you know, y- you will get it done. Like yeah. you'll, you'll figure it out or you'll have somebody that can do it for you or whatever. Right. He's, sure. he's a champ about it. I mean, he, he's fine doing it. He yeah. just wanted to give me, you know, I guess a laugh and giving it a try. <laughs> he's like, Hey, come on. You want to give it a try? Go for it. And I thought, yeah, sure. I just, I couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, he actually, he's been doing the shots and he swears by it. He sure. feels a huge difference as sure. well. Um, but you know, he didn't suffer from some of the things that I was experiencing. And I think maybe probably the mood changes aside from libido is probably the other thing that I think can also affect their marriage or mm-hmm. the energy in your home. And for me, it wasn't necessarily depression, but I was very anxious and that uneasiness when someone's yes. anxious around you all the time, you feel that. And sure. I know even he would tell, tell me, he was because we sit across from each other in the office, he's like, what are you anxious about? And I wouldn't even say a word. He's like, I can feel, feel it. your anxiety from across the desk. Yes. I can feel it. Yes. And you're making me anxious. Yes. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I can't even control it. I would go work out or, um, I don't know, have a glass of wine, which probably wasn't a good idea or, you know, just do anything to possibly reset my mind. Mm -hmm. But it was everywhere. It wasn't just my mind. I could feel it in my body. Sure. And, um, it has helped me with my anxiety. I don't really understand how that, you know, kind of brought everything back to where it needed to be. I'm not saying I don't have days where I feel anxious, but I don't feel it all the time. Sure. I yeah. literally would wake up feeling this mm-hmm. way and go to bed feeling that mm-hmm. way too. Yeah. Um, but I, I did read a lot of women suffer from depression um, as well or have bouts of depression with, the, with you know, I don't know. Is that something you felt that you maybe you experienced? Well, absolutely. Yeah. I think I definitely had a little bit of depression. I mean, it's when you don't feel good all the time, yeah. that kind of makes you depressed, mm-hmm. right? Like, And I would even notice, you know, the times that we've all had it as mothers where like you're, you kind of overreact to things and dragon lady comes out and you're mm-hmm. yelling at your kids. And then we have this like out of body. We do ex- that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't interview my children. We have these out of body moments, or at least I certainly did where I would mm-hmm. almost it was like, it was like my consciousness, my real self was mm-hmm. listening to my crazy brain scream at my kids. And I was like, this is not right. Like yeah. what's going on? I shouldn't be overreacting and yelling at them. And just, you know, when mm-hmm. you're constantly feeling stress, your husband feels it, your children feel it, your whole house feels it. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, the, the testosterone really helped me out with a lot of those things mm-hmm. as well. I do think, I think yours sounds like maybe you had, um, 
probably a faster turnaround from from when you had the initial pellet. I think the cream, if anyone's looking, you know, kind of comparing, I think the cream takes a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, they told me it would take probably about 90 days. I did react to it much sooner than that, probably two months, maybe 60 mm-hmm. days. Um, so it wasn't quite as quick as 30 days. But um, but I do like the fact that it's, you know, I can take it with me. You know, if I'm traveling or something like that, I do like the topical. I, and maybe I'll try the pellet. Um, I'm definitely open to it. But um, I, I also take the progesterone in a pill form. You do oral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do the oral for the progesterone. I actually don't take any estrogen. I don't. Are you taking estrogen? Is that yes, what you mentioned? Yes, I, okay. I use an estrogen cream. A cream, okay. Yeah, and then I don't... I'm not doing any progesterone. I told you I was on, um, or I'm still on HCG injections, which mm-hmm. the only thing most people hear about that is that crazy diet, that HCG diet. Ladies, mm-hmm. that's not what this is. HCG is not magic. It will not mm-hmm. magically help you lose weight, yeah. but it will increase your progesterone if you're a cycling woman. HCG won't mm-hmm. work if you're not cycling anymore. Okay. Um, but so I'm on HCG for that. And then they also added in, because mine was like, it wasn't great when I first had it checked, but it was okay. Mm-hmm. We added in chasberry, which is an herb that also helps mm-hmm. to increase progesterone. And I know it works because I took it very faithfully for three months. And when we rechecked my levels, they were the highest progesterone levels I've ever had, which was wow. wonderful because yeah. progesterone is like your chill hormone. Mm-hmm. It's the one that like smooths out the edges. Yeah. Right? Pour me a cup of that. Sure. It's like, <laughs> it's like the Ativan of hormones, yeah. ladies. It's really good. It's the glass of wine. It's that. Yeah. <sighs> Right. So yeah, it's really, they're all really important. And Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, there's so many methods of delivery. This Mm -hmm. is not one size fits all. It's not like you have to do injections if you're Mm -hmm. just scared to death of them. Right. Um, so it really, there's, there is a way to do this for everyone that needs it. And guess Mm -hmm. what? Some of you guys are like, this is not me at all. Mm -hmm. Like, and lucky you, not Mm -hmm. everyone needs hormone replacement, but I think so many especially women need mm-hmm. it that don't get it, yeah. especially testosterone therapy. Because what do you think of when you initially say testosterone? I think of a man. Of a man, yeah. right? Manly, hairy, mm-hmm. bodybuilders, big muscles, yeah. you know, things happening to your genital area. We right. think all of these things that are kind of these stereotypes in our head, but mm-hmm. most women don't realize that women have testosterone. We just have less of it than men. Mm-hmm. Men have estrogen. They just have less. And we both need both things in different quantities right. to feel great. So it really needs to be tailored to you personally. Yes. Um, so did they take a, a blood test, I guess, when you initially yes. went? Okay. Yes. It's really important to do your blood work. And ladies, this is a part about blood work that I really want you to listen to. If you're a cycling woman, if you're still having a menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. the time that you get your blood work is very, very important. It's not important for your testosterone level. You can do that any day of the week, but If you are cycling, you need to have your labs drawn roughly, if you're a 28-day cycle lady, Mm -hmm. on day 21 of your period. So roughly a week before your period starts. So if you're someone that cycles every 33 days, great. Back up seven days and do it on, what would that be, day 26, Mm -hmm. I think? So that part's really important because when we're getting an estrogen and progesterone level, we need it timed at a particular day because they they change your estrogen levels do they kind of peak and valley the first half and then they do the same the second half so does your progesterone so if 
if a doctor is taking your blood and you're a cycling woman and they're not asking you what day of your cycle it is, yeah. you are not in the right place, ladies. Right. <laughs> you are not in the right place. <laughs> if you are postmenopausal and not cycling anymore, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Or if you're someone who's having just erratic bleeding all over the place that you can't even really, you know, chart and keep track of, yeah. you're just going to have to do it on a certain day and, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of try and figure it out from there. But that's really important. So would you recommend that, what type of physician, because I see like a, a wellness, mm-hmm. I go to a wellness um, mm-hmm. center, um, so I don't see my GYN for this or my GP, but who would you recommend if, you know, if I'm a listener and I'm looking into maybe possibly getting tested, where sure. should I go? Yeah. So, you know, that's honestly been my biggest challenge with mm-hmm. all of this. Um I see a couple different physicians because the physicians that have seen me for 13 years are in Nebraska and I live mm-hmm. here in Virginia. Um, when I needed testosterone therapy, the she was a nurse practitioner, she's amazing, who was, was seeing me said, you know, I do pellets, you obviously don't live in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So we found someone in my area who happens to be an OBGYN. I have not found, although it's funny, they're both OBGYNs that do my hormones. But I have not found on the whole that that is usually the best place to go. Yeah. There are some amazing exceptions. I see two of them and they're wonderful. Um, But you need to make sure that you're speaking with someone who is not just going to look at lab values and say, "Mm, you're within normal range. So the questions for the doctor need to be, do you treat symptoms? Do you treat, you know, your patients until they're in their optimal range? Like, are they looking at you as a person and how you feel, Mm -hmm. not just what your blood work says? Because it needs to be both. I mean, certainly your blood work is very important, but how you feel is the most important. Mm -hmm. So there, there has to definitely be a conversation there. Functional medicine doctors tend to be a really good place to start. There is a lot of anti-aging doctors like you, you know, Mm -hmm. like you see, some of them are great. Some of them not so great. Mm -hmm. Most of those places are not taking insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine's out of pocket. Right, mm-hmm. right. So mine, all because I see an OBGYN, all of my lab testing is paid for. Okay. Um, but I do have to pay out of pocket for my hormones, which mm-hmm. again, whole nother podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's worth it. It's oh an investment gosh. in like, yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and when I tell you guys that my husband would literally sell our house and move to something much smaller to keep me on these things, I'm not lying. Like Wow, you I, must be doing something fantastic. No, it's there. just the... <laughs> The libido is off the charts, people. Right. And, you know, and the thing is, the libido is an amazing part of it, mm-hmm. but it's all of it. It's losing yeah. that brain fog. It's feeling good about yourself. It's mm-hmm. having that sense of well-being. It's sleeping well through the night. It's all of the things that mm-hmm. just sort of, you know, make that work. So absolutely functional medicine. Look into some of the, you know, anti-aging doctors, some doctors that this is what they do, right? Yeah. Like not the weight loss doctor that does this on the side necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's not great, but really, you know, feel like you can ask some questions because you're going to be spending your money on this. Mm-hmm. And you know, those need to be the main questions. What kind of hormone replacement do you use? I'm a huge proponent of bioidentical hormones because mm-hmm. bioidentical hormone therapy is the exact same chemical makeup as what you make in your body. Mm-hmm. If you're using something synthetic, like most women know about Premarin, that's a synthetic estrogen, mm-hmm. that that estrogen has been tweaked a little bit and it's been tweaked so that the pharmaceutical company can put a patent on it and yeah. sell it. You cannot legally patent a natural substance, which is why, in my opinion, bioidenticals do not get the, it, they don't get the, you know, they're due. They don't get what they deserve because right. it's just not a huge money-making area. Mm-hmm. Thus, you have to pay out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also some fantastic, you know, don't feel like you have to see a physician. There is mm-hmm. wonderful nurse practitioners mm-hmm. and physician assistants 
that this is what they do and they're great. And, Mm -hmm. and I've had to seek out many of them because Mm -hmm. I have clients that live all over the country. Yeah. So one of the things I do is I make phone calls and I get in touch with people to try and find my clients, Mm -hmm. somebody that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, I, I've had a few conversations since I actually started the um, testosterone and the progesterone. I'm actually not taking any estrogen right now. Yet. Yeah, yeah, yet. I, yet. I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had conversations with other young women, some of them much younger than, mm-hmm. than myself, um, that are already experiencing a lot of these things and were completely unaware that they needed to have this checked or it was sure. even an option for them. Yes. Because like you mentioned, when they thought testosterone, they thought, oh, well, I thought that was... For men, men. Right. like for my husband, I would have never thought of that for myself. I just thought this is something that, oh, I'm getting older and yeah. it just, or I'm that's too what young, happens. Right? Yeah, oh, or I'm, I'm 33. I, I'm too young to be going through yeah. perimenopause at right. this point. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, um, and, and this is something I'm, I'm not sure of, and I don't know if this is something that maybe you know, um, this is something that if you haven't had children would still affect you. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Because I know if they're in their early 30s, they may also think, well, I haven't even had kids, you know, so I probably shouldn't even look into that. Is sure. That... I mean, you know, my progesterone tanked in between my two children. Mm-hmm. I a thousand percent blame it on a Marina IUD, like mm-hmm. a thousand percent. Um, I think I had an issue before the IUD, but I think that, that you know, that IUD is a, a synthetic progesterone based IUD. I think it just mm-hmm. absolutely, I did not have the knowledge back then that I have now, or I would not have made that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I think, I, I truly believe that most women are experiencing these things younger and younger, like I said, because of using hormonal birth control yeah. from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, you know, unfortunately, the question needs to be if you're having issues dealing with your menstrual cycle or any of that reproductive area, mm-hmm. the question needs to be what's the problem, not let's put you on the pill to mask it. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's regulate your symptoms. Like symptom regulation is not what we're looking for. We're looking for what is the problem? Mm-hmm. We need to fix it. Okay. I know you mentioned also, I wanted to just kind of, um, because I know our listeners may not know, was it HRC or HCG? Oh, HCG. CG? So, what does yeah. that stand for? HCG is human chorionic gonadotropin, big long name. Mm-hmm. So thus they call it HCG. Uh, so HCG is the hormone that most women know that it, um, well, maybe they don't know, but they're going to know when you take a pregnancy test, when you pee on the stick, yeah. what that pregnancy test is detecting is HCG. Okay. So we all have a teeny tiny bit of it all the time. Mm-hmm. When you get pregnant, it goes through the roof, okay. right? It's, it's what we, we test to see how far along you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the downsides to being on HCG therapy is yeah. I would, if every time I'd go to the doctor, if I you know, had the flu or whatever, I would have to say, I'm not pregnant okay. <laughs> like, because your pregnancy test is going to say that I am, but yeah. I'm not. Um, the difference is my level of HCG in my blood. So mm-hmm. if they just did a urine test and it was just a yes or no, it would say I was pregnant. If they okay. checked, if they checked my level, mm-hmm. they would realize that it, my level was quite low actually, but okay. it can trigger that pregnancy test ladies. <laughs> so yeah, HCG, you know, it was, um, when I, when we first realized how low my progesterone was, mm-hmm. we had to do a few things. I was having a lot of fibroids, mm-hmm. um, and cysts it was, that's very uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. women, those are not normal either. I don't care what your doctor tells you. It's not mm-hmm. normal to have cysts and fibroids, yeah. especially if they're really painful. Um, I was put on progesterone therapy for a month to shrink those because I was told if they gave me HCG right away, mm-hmm. um, that 
it would those could actually grow and that wouldn't be a good thing so they treated those first again we always treat the problem yeah uh, and then they put me on hcg injections um and we tried we did try the progesterone for my headaches as well but the hcg really worked well for me my body mm-hmm. it just it increased my estrogen a little bit which was great it was a little low mm-hmm. um but man the change in my progesterone was just it was great. And, yeah. and I was still cycling. I could still, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this was in between my two children. I could still get pregnant with no problem. It was, okay. you know, it was, it was a great thing. It was really mm-hmm. great. My next question was going to ask, I was going to ask about whether or not it would affect women who are trying to get pregnant. Sure. N- n- at, yes. The way it would affect you is it would help you okay. because, you know, progesterone is the pregnancy hormone. Mm-hmm. Like your progesterone levels go sky high in pregnancy. And it's mm-hmm. honestly why a lot of women feel great when they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, it's that chill hormone, right? It's yeah. one that makes you feel really good. Yeah. Um, it is imperative to a healthy baby. To, to that fetus, progesterone is really, really big. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, my fear that I expressed to my doctor that was treating me was, so we already know I have low progesterone levels. I'm on this HCG. I'm going to get pregnant. I won't be using the HCG anymore while I'm pregnant because I won't be cycling. Okay. Right? It has to be timed with your cycle. Mm-hmm. What if I don't have enough progesterone to sustain my pregnancy? Mm-hmm. And this amazing doctor, um, his name is Dr. Thomas Hilgers, by the way. He's in uh, Omaha, Nebraska at the St. Paul VI Institute. He's a phenomenal man. Um, he said, well, we're going to check your progesterone levels. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as we get a positive pregnancy test, which had to be done for me via blood because of the HCG, right. um, we're going to immediately check your progesterone level. And then we're going to check it every two weeks mm-hmm. throughout your pregnancy. And we're going to supplement you as needed. And that's how I ended up on those um, progesterone injections mm-hmm. throughout my whole pregnancy. I had a very healthy pregnancy. Yeah. This is the other part of it, ladies, that's amazing about progesterone therapy. Many of us suffer, suffer from um, postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a baby, and a few weeks later, we get the baby blues, which is very normal. But some of us get a little more than the baby blues. Mm-hmm. Like, we get a full-blown depression. It's honestly, that was the first time in my life mm-hmm. after my first child that I had that. And um, it took a long time to get it fixed. They put me on antidepressants. I saw, you know, mm-hmm. a therapist for a little bit. And it did eventually resolve. But I was really fearful of that with yeah. my second pregnancy as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, when I, when I spoke to this amazing physician about it, he said, well, we treat postpartum depression with progesterone because what happens is, you know, through pregnancy, these Mm -hmm. progesterone levels are climbing and climbing. You deliver the baby and what happens? They plummet. Mm -hmm. That's the natural way of it. And for some of us, we just don't, we either plummet too low or we just Mm -hmm. don't tolerate it as well. So, you know, what they told me was, you know what it feels like to have, you know, the depression when you feel like the symptoms start creeping in, give us a call. And Mm -hmm. I did. And they, you know, immediately dosed me with progesterone I had. Um, and I only had to call them one other time and I didn't have a stitch of it. Like literally I gave the injection and the next day I felt better. So it's, and again, we're talking about a bioidentical hormone, something Mm -hmm. that your body already makes anyway. I wasn't on antidepressants for six months, which I'm not dogging antidepressants by Mm -hmm. any means. They're, they play a a vital role if you're on them and they are working for you. Mm -hmm. Great. They are sometimes the answer for things, but they aren't the only answer. Right. And I think so many women, like you said, we're given Mm -hmm. birth control and we're given antidepressants. As a bandaid. As a bandaid. Instead of saying, well, why are you feeling all Mm -hmm. of these things? Yeah. Like, is this just a life stress that we need to help you with some antidepressants to get through? Mm -hmm. Is it a chemical imbalance in your brain that you really need an antidepressant or... Mm -hmm. Is it your hormones? Yeah. 
I would say if I could go back in time, I wish I had known these things because <laughs> my first pregnancy I had, and not really with my second pregnancy, but my first pregnancy, the postpartum depression, I felt like, boom, hit me like a ton of like rocks. Like a ton of rocks. And as a young mom, I didn't, I was completely unaware and mm-hmm. I, I didn't have anybody who was knowledgeable in this that yeah. could maybe, you know, give me some words of wisdom and say, Hey, you know, this is an option. So, you know, I know that we have some younger listeners, younger married couples that haven't started their family yet. So yeah. I think that's really important to share because, you know, also there's a shame in it too. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to tell anyone, even their doctor or just even recognize, Hey, I'm not okay. Yeah. You know, and I'm feeling postpartum depression is, am I a bad mom? Oh right. my gosh, is this yes. normal? We start the shame game. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, the, and you know, shame and guilt, guilt right. and shame. We just heave it on ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful cycle of shame and guilt. Um, but yeah, I would say, um, most people that I do know that actually did maybe seek out some medical attention, um, antidepressants mm-hmm. were the route that their physician decided to take um and again you know if if it's something that's necessary and i'm sure like you said it plays a vital role but i don't think that's the ultimate solution if if they're you know like you mentioned with the progesterone if that's really um, what needs to be remedied Mm -hmm. um which i think for me as a young mom that's probably what i needed at the time my hormones were completely out of whack and that's actually when i started getting migraines immediately after that pregnancy i felt that and then the migraines with the aura the nausea everything Mm -hmm. i had never suffered from migraines prior to so that clearly looking back was definitely something with my hormones yes the, the link between migraines and women and especially progesterone, but mm-hmm. headaches, uh, estrogen as well, um, is massive. And that was the part that I was so frustrated about. I remember having a neurologist, I was talking to him, who I love, by the way, Yeah. Uh, back when I was having all these headaches, you know, I was charting all of my headaches and realizing it's all in line with my menstrual cycle. The week mm-hmm. before my cycle was hell week. I had a headache every day. Yeah. Um, And I remember him saying, well, why don't you just go on that birth control pill where you only have periods three months a year or four months a year, because then you'll only deal with it, Mm -hmm. you know, four months a year. And I was like, how is that going to fix anything? Right. (laughs) Like, I don't want to deal with this four times a year. I don't want to deal with this at all. This is not, something is not right. Like Mm -hmm. it just, but you know, again, he was reaching into his toolbox Mm -hmm. and that's the thing. I'm not shaming physicians that don't know how to utilize this. No, not at all. You use the toolbox you have. Mm -hmm. What I'm hoping is that, you know, over time, and this is getting so much more prevalent and so Mm -hmm. much easier to find practitioners is that it's going to be in more people's toolbox. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hope so. And I, you know, I hope this is really helpful to women who are maybe, and and you don't even have to experience all of these things. Um, You know, just to kind of, I I know we had mentioned a few things that we experienced individually and um, give them the list. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) buckle up actually, you guys listen up. If you have any of these and um, you know, you're unsure as to why, and and it's not because maybe you had a wild weekend and you're tired. um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, any one of these could be a potential sign that you may need to have your hormones checked. So difficulty sleeping at night, um, which I know I suffered from. And and I think Chelsea, you had mentioned you were as well. Um, Decreased muscle strength, um, which I had asked you, I wouldn't necessarily say it was decreased muscle strength, but my workout, I feel like I would work out and then my recovery was terrible and I was in so much pain for days Yes, and my legs felt like lead. Yes. Would huge, you say that's a huge indicator of low testosterone? Okay. Huge indicator. I had the same thing. My recovery was terrible. I had more mm-hmm. injuries 
2019 than I've had ever as an athlete ever. So yeah, it was, I just could not mm-hmm. recover. I was having an is- issue with lots of joints, lots of tendons. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you just don't feel good. You're achy, you're sore, you're, mm-hmm. you're fatigued longer than you should be. You know, you do that, you do leg day and it takes you a week to recover instead of, you know, three or four mm-hmm. days to recover, you know, whatever it is. But yeah, that's a big one for sure. And I didn't know that actually, I thought maybe I was overdoing it or I actually <laughs> just getting old. Yeah. I, I thought I'm maybe old. I'm overdoing, maybe I need to scale back or, right. you know, mm-hmm. um, reduce sexual desire, which I think, you know, we yeah, both we've said, covered that. We covered that one. Um, and we're, we're definitely out of that one. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Um, exhaustion, low energy or fatigue, huge, uh, Add weight that. gain. We talked about that. Yes. And I, I guess, you know, it notes particularly around the stomach area or midsection, I yeah. guess, is that what you, you know, say? I think if it's an estrogen issue, yes, you tend to see it more around the stomach and midsection. Mm-hmm. Um, it, mine wasn't really put there. That's not where I put my weight anyway. I put okay. my weight in my, you know, through my hips and thighs mm-hmm. and my weight gain, I kind of felt was the pattern of it was pretty standard yeah. for me. Yeah. I kind of felt like mine was all over, like a puffiness. Oh yeah. Like a layer. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like, like a layer. Face, yeah. My arms. I was like, what is happening? What is happening? Um, <laughs> thinning of hair, um, which I know I've experienced with this, you know, the changes that I've experienced with my hormones. I felt like my hair wasn't just, yeah. it didn't have that same luster and thick sure. and healthy flow. It just, I don't know. I looked dead. Mm-hmm. Really sad. Um, <laughs> reduced mental clarity and difficulty concentrating. That was massive for me. That foggy brain. Yeah. Well, and like I said, you know that feeling of I used to be so sharp. I mm-hmm. was. I was so on top of it. I was. You know. And now you're in your head going like, Why can't I? Like, I can't even run my life. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, just to kind of go down a rabbit hole a little bit, I had a few people that actually said, Oh, maybe you should look into like Adderall. Or vibing. Yeah. Well, look, I actually, I remember asking, who was I asking? Probably that same therapist. Like, can you get ADHD as an adult? <laughs> because I would feel like I was so scatterbrained. And right. that's, I mean, that is the opposite. My normal mm-hmm. is like, I, like the blinders are always on and I don't mm-hmm. see, you know, what's going on around me because I'm so focused. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I remember asking about that too. Because I thought, gosh, and, and we both are like the ultimate multitaskers. We're like, Absolutely. more things for the less? Sure, throw it on. <laughs> <laughs> um, drier skin. Did you experience that? Dry skin? You know, I, a, a little, but I, I, my skin is definitely, I definitely have more oil now that the mm-hmm. hormones have been replaced. I'm not oily, which some women will have a hard time with. I think um, not a lot, but you know, some women do get a little oily with the testosterone therapy, but my feeling was I'm getting older, so I don't mind a little extra oil, Yeah, but it wasn't like a, oh my gosh, my skin's so dry. Okay. Yeah. Um, this one, I mean, earmuffs if you have kids in the car, but vaginal dryness. Yeah. And you know, I didn't have this one either. I don't think you did. No, that's not something I felt like was an issue. But you know, I, this one is such an issue for Mm. women because vaginal dryness leads to pain with intercourse. Mm. And you guys, I mean, I had a really good friend, she and her husband who are mm. amazing and wonderful and have a great relationship and have yeah. been married for 25 years and they're BFFEs, mm. right? Yeah. She shared with me that they hadn't had sex in seven months Wow. because it felt like razor blades oh my gosh. when they were, because, because the skin, you know, your, your vaginal skin ladies, it mm. will naturally atrophy, which means it thins out as you get mm. older. Well, if, when you do that and then you couple it with vaginal dryness, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a good feeling, no, that right? Really and, painful. and again, she had asked her regular doctors about this, and and 
What was her the recommendation? response? This, this killed me. She was so mad. Uh, her doctor, who was a young female, mm-hmm. um, told her to go on more dates with her husband. I'm sorry, what? Go on more dates <laughs> with your husband. And that's going to cure vaginal dryness. That's going to cure the razor blade feeling of intercourse. Are Interesting. you kidding me? <laughs> like when she told me, I, I immediately gave her the name of my doctor here. And I was like, you are making an appointment. Like, yeah. this is not okay for you. This is not okay for your husband. Like, like if, if you that's... are having a physical symptom that is preventing intercourse in a marriage, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen... Because gentlemen have an issue too. It may yeah. not be vaginal dryness. There are other things. But gentlemen, there's issues <laughs> that's that you another have podcast. as well. Right? <laughs> you need to go seek help for that. Yeah. Because that's that is not an acceptable. That should never be acceptable. Mm. Okay. I cannot believe that. Yes. That almost sounds like I, I, like a I, movie, I, right? Like a TV show. It does. Like it sounds happens, like I like, know. I know. Like a comedy, you know, yes. like I can't believe that somebody actually went to medical school to tell somebody else, just go on a few more dates. Mm-hmm. It'll and this, your... is, this was an OBGYN. This is someone that that's their field, that's right? Concerning. So it's crazy, that's right? Concerning. If that happens to you, find a new doctor. Yes. yes. Red flag. Yep. Um, so menstrual cycles gradually ending. Sure. So, you know, that's a normal part of aging for women. We are all mm-hmm. going to go through menopause eventually. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal, guys. Menopause should not be hell on earth, mm-hmm. right? And for most women, once menopause happens, and that is the ceasing of your menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. it's not hell on earth anymore. But that perimenopausal time where your cycles are changing, where you're maybe not as regular, where your yeah. bleeding changes, um, yeah, that's all things to pay attention to. And mm-hmm. that's all signals that your hormones are shifting. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you absolutely need hormone replacement. But if that's happening in addition to some of these other symptoms, yeah. then consider that hormones might be mm-hmm. in need. <laughs> you know, and I had actually been, well, I read and I had actually been told as well by a physician that the perimenopause can start as early as early 30s. Yeah, some, it really some, can. For, for some women, I actually know somebody who had a family member, a girlfriend of mine. I think she had like two of her aunts um, that are much older now, but they actually started menopause in their late 20s like aggressively getting perimenopausal yeah, yeah perimenopausal sure. in their late 20s sure. um so you know i think not well, common but it can happen right but i do think it's kind of a common misconception that people think that this is something that happens yeah. late 40s early 50s sure. mm-hmm. um and you know if you start feeling that why suffer you yeah know, why, all suffer? Those, why, till, why wait till you're 50 yeah, to treat it absolutely um moodiness anxiety or depression um yep. which i know we shared we both experienced um most of those if not all three mm-hmm. um which i also think people think um maybe they're moody just because of life yeah, their life or whatever you know and that's where you have to really you have to take a good look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows you better than you. Mm-hmm. If you know, like I, have, I had a client just yesterday uh, that I met with who, you know, we're doing her nutrition. Um, but she told me we had had a brief conversation about hormones yeah. uh, in our, in our session prior. And she said, I'm just like, I'm crying all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, well, I, you know, that's not normal. Like mm-hmm. if your moodiness is to the point that you're, you're going into tears, you know, just randomly for no reason. Yeah. Um, if your moods are swinging like crazy, if you only feel good for one week out of your menstrual cycle or you mm-hmm. never feel good, you know, it's, it's just something you sort of have to assess for yourself. But yeah. I mean, certainly there's reasons in life that we're going to be depressed and you know mm-hmm. anxious and moody. If you lose a loved one, there's a reason to have a depression there mm-hmm. that's not hormonally related. Right. 
But I if think, you're moody and anxious and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And this year, I think may, maybe if, if let's say a woman is starting to experiencing, starting to experience a lot of these changes oh, sure. right now, this year may have actually masked that. Mm-hmm. And they may have thought, oh, well, I'm feeling this way because of COVID, the COVID-15, or I'm depressed because of mm-hmm. I can't go out with my friends. When they may, if you're still feeling this and things are moving on the up and up, especially that we're going into a new year, really you should probably take a step back and and see your physician. Um, Because I have heard people say some of these things they believe were as a result of Corona. Mm -hmm. So, um, but inability to lose weight despite a healthy diet and lifestyle, which hello, I mean, yes, me too. Huge (laughs) indicator. It's so frustrating too. Um, So even if you are doing the right things, you know, like you said, eating and eating right, yeah. exercising. You've had some of your, some of the people that you've worked with. Sure. Um, Myself maybe... and people I work with. And look, if you're somebody who you feel like you have all these things, but you're living on a processed food diet, mm-hmm. the first thing you need to change is what you put in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Like your nutrition needs to a thousand percent be on point mm-hmm. because your nutrition really builds your gut or, yeah. or kills your gut. And your gut really plays a humongous role in your hormones. Right. So those are the things you need to fix first. It's not always just jumping straight to HRT, mm-hmm. and which is why I love functional medicine, because they're going to look at your whole person, right? If you're eating McDonald's four times a week, mm-hmm. if a Hardee's biscuit is your daily breakfast, mm-hmm. like there's things that you can do to help your body make its own. We certainly want to look at nutrition mm-hmm. and wellness and lifestyle things first. Right. But if you have those things in place and they're pretty darn solid and you're still having these issues, mm-hmm. okay, now we need to look, now we need to look elsewhere, right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, so muscle and joint pain, which I kind of feel like we touched on with the decreased yes, muscle strength. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's pretty much that's, everything. That covers pretty much um, everything. You know, unless there's anything else that, that you've Mm-mm. thought of um, that I didn't include. I think but, everything I had is on that list. Fantastic. <laughs> Maybe, maybe adding some migraines in there because a lot of women do yeah. suffer for that. So add that in. But yeah, yeah definitely that's a pretty add, comprehensive And list. you know, that's something that, um, gosh, you know, that, that started for me in my 20s after mm-hmm. I had Brandon. You yeah. know, I, I was only 21 and that's when that started for me. But I would have never thought at that age. And, and no one brought it to my attention yeah. either. So sure. I was completely in the dark. I just thought, I actually didn't even know it was a migraine. I thought it yeah. was a terrible headache, headache. and yeah. I couldn't see it in my left eye. I, for a second there, I thought I was having a stroke. I was <laughs> like, what the hell? Um, but yeah, so if anyone else is experiencing that, um, migraines, you know, that also can be really yeah, debilitating. Huge, huge trigger with hormones, migraines. So I loved having this time with you, but I want everyone else that's listening to be able to reach out to you, especially if they are looking to kickstart their wellness. Sure. The new year's around the corner. Yes. Obviously you can start now, but I know a lot of people are motivated for a new year and you know, we all want to peace out on 2020. Start now. Start right <laughs> now. So Absolutely. yeah, don't hesitate. Start now. Reach out to Chelsea, but tell everyone where they can, where, where they can find you. Yes. So many avenues to find me. I'm on Instagram at Chelsea Cresswell. Um, I'm on Facebook, uh, same Chelsea Cresswell, uh, but you can also find me, uh, with my company, which is KK wellness consulting. So our website is www.kkwellnessconsulting.com. And we are at KK wellness, um, on Instagram as well. So you can find us anywhere. Please reach out to me, DM me, DM our company, um, be more than happy to talk with you guys, whether that's just a consult of. Hey, you know, do I need a nutrition coach? Maybe mm-hmm. I need to be directed to somebody with hormones. Um, but yeah, I would, I would love to chat with 
with anyone that I can help live an amazing joy filled life because that is what hormone replacement did for me. It gave me back my joy. Mm -hmm. Who does want a joy filled life? So you can actually work with anyone across the U S they're not limited to Virginia. I can work with anyone in the whole world. We have clients. Um, I have had clients in Italy. I've had clients in Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, we have clients in a lot of different countries. You know, the, the beautiful part of COVID for our company is we are, um, we've been hundred percent virtual for a few years now, but now everyone really understands what that means. Yeah. Um, and, and the, you know, that's the beauty of the internet is mm-hmm. I can help anyone anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and how long do you work with your clients? You know, it just depends. I would say the average client stays with us about eight months, but it really mm-hmm. depends on how much weight you have to lose. You know, we are not a diet company. I'm not mm-hmm. going to put you on a diet until you hit your goal weight and then mm-hmm. take you off the diet. I'm going to okay. teach you how to eat for the rest of your life. For a while, you're going to eat in a calorie deficit so that you lose mm-hmm. weight, but it's not going to be a crazy one. We don't like the big swings. You know, most women, the, the mistakes they make with dieting are they're inconsistent. That's mm-hmm. probably the biggest one. Consistency is huge. And that's where your coach comes in. Yeah. But number two is they diet way too hard and they do mm-hmm. something that is not sustainable. And then what happens after a few weeks, you're either starving or you screw up and you have pizza and there's this big mm-hmm. swing of forget it. I can't do this. Yeah. So yeah, I would say the average client is with us about eight months, but you know, if you only have 10 or 15 pounds to lose, maybe it's mm-hmm. going to be three or four months. Yeah. It's really until you are at your maintenance weight, whatever that is, you know, for you. And we don't decide that by the way, ladies, I don't give you a goal weight. You're going to tell me when you're at your goal weight, mm-hmm. you're going to tell me when you feel good in your body and you're at peace. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So yeah, it could be five months. You know, I just had a client that was with me two years, but mm-hmm. she lost 80 pounds with me. So you know, two years for 80 pounds Mm -hmm. is, is great. And she's just doing phenomenal. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Well, we're going to get some more people connected with Chelsea. I know that a lot of people right now, especially um, at the end of the year, are looking to make some changes for 2021. Um, Also, I'm going to tag, if you don't mind, can um, I tag and share the name of your physician um, that you shared earlier? Because that may be a really great resource for anyone else. Yeah, great place to start. Um, Sure. I will give you, I have a few practitioners that I work with and I'll Mm -hmm. I'll give you all of them. Okay. That'd be fantastic. So we can share those resources. Um, But thank you again Chelsea yes, for joining us on Destination Marriage. I'm sure she's going to be a regular. I hope. I hope. So much fun. <laughs> we'll have you again. Um, we're definitely probably next time going to touch on all things birth control because yes. that sounds like a conversation we definitely need to have. Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks guys. Tune in. Um, we will post it and I will share it on the Instagram so you guys can also share it with your friends and your family. Again, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Thanks guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, please continue to listen and subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We would greatly appreciate positive reviews and we will answer any questions at feedback at destinationmarriagepodcast.com. For up-to-date content and news about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at destination underscore marriage and visit our website at destinationmarriagepodcast.com. Be sure to tune in next week.